this podcast episode will only be available for the next 15 minutes. After that, we're taking it down forever. That's uh, not true. <laughs> that's, no, that's not true. That is an example, folks, of false scarcity. <laughs> and in today's episode, we're going to talk about scarcity in business, why it's so powerful, a bunch of different examples of it, and then uh, maybe some bad examples of it. We'll see where it goes. We're going to talk about that in today's episode, starting now. Do you wish your life away waiting for Friday? Do you dread Sunday nights and Monday mornings? My wife and I have spent over a decade building an online business while raising a family. I quit my cubicle job to live the life I wanted, to experience freedom, and we want to help you do the same. We're Chris and Laura. Welcome to Fearless Together. All right, scarcity. And for people who don't know a ton about scarcity and marketing and and business, once we let this cat out of the bag, you're going to see it everywhere. All the time. Scarcity surrounds you everywhere you go, whether you know it or not. If you don't know it, then um, either you're amazing or the people that you're or businesses you're encountering maybe aren't employing scarcity in the proper way. I know just even for fun right before this podcast started, I told you about a way scarcity was trying to be used on me. Yeah. So scarcity. So why is scarcity so important? It com- you, there's a phrase that has been used a lot lately. Um, you see it a lot because of like cryptocurrency and stuff, but it's FOMO, right? F O M O fear of missing out. Okay. And that's really, I think, what a lot of scarcity comes down to is um, you not wanting to miss out on a deal or miss out on, you know, a product. It's funny because we live in a world where, like, mass production, it happens with everything, right? Yep. And it's amazing to me. Like, we, we, the world is now consumed by less, like, unique, handmade, handcrafted items than has ever been possible in history, but scarcity is probably used more than it ever has been. Yeah. Just remember my, my sentence that always like blows your mind. There's a factory for everything. Yeah. There truly is a factory for everything, but still even in this mass produced world, you can have people standing in line for iPhones. It's just (laughs) so, all right. uh, So scarcity, it, it plays on a lot of different emotions in a human, but I really do think that the core of it is just the fear of missing out like that. When you have that time pressure of, if I don't do this now, I will lose this opportunity. Right. Even though most times you won't lose that opportunity. I mean, I used to laugh all the time when I would walk into a JC Penny and I would see the sale signs everywhere. You remember that? Oh, of course. Like, like what? I worked there. <laughs> yeah. What sale was happening this week? And it, but people truly would like rush the doors for a sale that was coming up yeah. and it was just another sale, but to them. But, yeah. Or end of year clearances and, and like any big, you know, marketing gimmicks they could come up with. Yeah. All of that is scary. So sales are kind of like a scarcity, right? They're putting a time, a time limit on coming in the door, right? Like you can only get these deals, you know, for a limited time, but scarcity exists in tons of other things, right? Mm -hmm. And scarcity is powerful because 
it allows you to, and this is what's funny about scarcity. Uh, if done correctly, it allows you to work less, but charge more. Oh, right. And so the easiest example that I can give of this is, um, is any kind of business that has a clientele, right? Where you've got scheduled bookings, hair salons, tattoo studios, all that. If you make yourself more scarce, right? It's like, if you, firstly, you have to have the reputation, right? It's that you can't just be like a new hairstylist and be like, I'm only taking two clients a month. Who wants to get on the waiting list, right? right? You do have to have kind of like a, a track record, you know, probably an existing clientele. And then you put scarcity on your, your timeframes, right? You only accept a certain number of clients each day, each week, each month. And then to weed people out to, and, and this sounds counterintuitive, which is partly why I love it, but to weed people out, you raise your prices mm -hmm. and some people will stop being your customer, but you hopefully at that point have a waiting list and it's like, great, I've got some openings that just opened up. Who wants to move in? You know, these, you know, and you start to cultivate a, a higher quality clientele who's willing to pay you a lot more. And you've got that scarcity going for you, right? It, it kind of, it makes me think of those people who are just like, when you've got someone knocking on your door, trying to sell you something that seems desperate, right? Right. There's a certain amount of desperation there. And what would happen with a person who's knocking on your door, trying to sell you something? You're going to like haggle with that person. It's like, listen, I'm doing, I'm not opening the door. <laughs> well, that's true too. But that's one of, that's the difference between like that desperate approach of like, I will take every customer that comes in the door. Like when you take that approach of desperation, you've given the power over to your customers, right? Versus that one watchmaker. Yeah. So there is a watchmaker. I, I think he's in Switzerland. He makes one watch a year and one, one watch a year. And he has a giant waiting list of people who will buy that watch, whatever watch he makes, whatever watch he feels like he doesn't like the customer does not tell him what they want. He makes one watch. I mean, this honestly, at this point, this starts to become art. Like this you're is right. at that point, you're an artist. You're like, you're like, you know, where you've got your benefactors or, or you know, so anyways, um, yeah, he makes one watch a year. That's his scarcity. He's like, I work, you know, he, he probably spent, cause he makes every individual piece of the watch, all of the gears and everything, but, well, <laughs> but he makes a lot of money off of that one watch, you know? So, um, you see scarcity in other areas of this. We talked about clients, but even everyone's familiar with this one, right? eBay, right? All right. Uh, you're the I countdown. Mean, no, wait. the countdown. Yeah. When, when, you have, when you're watching an item or you've bid on an item and it's getting closer and closer to like the expiration of the auction. Oh, see, I thought you were going to be like eBay because people are selling their used things. There's only one item. Like it's a, well, and a there is, there is one. that, there is that type of scarcity, right? You've got the supply and demand scarcity. Most of what I'm talking about is like, uh, and, and fundamentally like, yeah. So the, the clientele, that's an example of supply demand scarcity, right? Like okay. you are, you, you only have so much time in your day. You only accept so many clients. Your supply of open time slots is scarce and your demand is up there. So 
you know, there you do create kind of a supply demand scarcity there. But right, but the, the, I totally thought that's where you were going to go mentioning eBay, not countdowns. Yeah, the countdown timers. Because this is the most common um, type of scarcity, and we'll get into this in tomorrow's episode, but this is one of the most ca- common types of um, scarcities you'll see employed online are countdown timers. They're everywhere. But eBay is kind of like, you know, the OG of uh, countdown timers. They've been doing it for... I remember, you know, being a teenager and my friend's sister's were watching Bucks tickets, Tampa Bay Buccaneers tickets on eBay, mm-hmm. and it got away from them. They they had a set amount of money that they were willing to bid on these tickets, and as that countdown timer kept ticking away, budget went out the window, and they regretted. They, they oh, no. bid, and I think they probably, I think they spent four times, I, I think they had a, a cap of $100 a ticket, and I think they ended up bidding $500 a ticket. Oh no. Yeah. Like, but that's what that, like, scarcity. It was just that, like the, that, the, like, you, momentum getting, like, yeah, the, you're in adrenaline that moment. pumping. And yeah, you're just in that moment. That's awful. I mean, we've been pretty good about any of our, like, little eBay auctions that we've ever tried to participate in. Never, never, you set those caps, you know? <laughs> yeah, but th- but that is a form of scarcity, that time scarcity of that deal going away. Yeah, you do feel pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with restaurants and their waiting lists, right? You know, there's some, I mean, I remember uh, for our honeymoon when I was planning out, you know, all that stuff and calling restaurants and getting on there, making sure it's like getting on the waiting lists like way ahead of time. And, right. you know, but those are, those are things where the restaurants, as soon as they have that proper clientele, they can this is all scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. And you can talk about the the scarcity that you ran into today with um, Walmart. Oh yeah, just just for fun. I was like trying to waste some time and I start looking up shoes. And I go over to my size in a pair of flats and it's like, "Oh, only two left." Yeah, you know, letting you know like highlighting like the the little bit of inventory that's left. Oh, that's- I've seen that. I mean, amongst Tons and tons of retail sites. Yeah, like, I, I've seen it on Amazon. Yeah, only X number left. Yeah, that's that's a form of scarcity. Absolutely a form of scarcity. Um, anytime you go on to like uh, Etsy, you know, Etsy will tell you how many people have something in their cart. Mm-hmm. And that is also a form of scarcity, right? Because I don't know if Etsy makes it completely clear how many are left in stock. They do if it's not a digital product. Okay. Because, yeah, they'll absolutely say... Only two available, and it's in two people's carts. Mm-hmm. And then a common scarcity tactic that you'll see, like in in big ticket items, so cars, houses, like this this has happened to me a couple of times. If you're looking at a house, or if you're looking at cars, you know the salesperson, the realtor, or the car salesperson. You know, yeah, we've actually got a few people that are really interested in this particular one that you're interested in. And someone just came in earlier looking at it, yeah. or asking about it. Yeah, they they really. I don't even know if I can sell it to you. You know, like it's, if they've taken something that there could be like a million, a million of those cars on the lot, but that particular one has like, you know, the certain kind of features like. You're right that, though. I, I mean, that has, that's worked on me before. Oh, really? Yeah. Not for the cars specifically, but yeah, just that kind of like someone else is looking at that. Yeah. And it's, it's just an e. it's like, it's fish in a barrel. It's just such simple scarcity. It's like, oh, that one that you want, that particular one that you, 
lot of people are interested in it. It may not even be available right now. I have to go look in the, go check the papers, you know, see if they, they That's can. been a really popular style, <laughs> so we might be out of stock. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, scarcity surrounds you everywhere you go, and um, this is, this episode is kind of just more of an informational one, but we're going to make it more relevant to what we talk about, like with online business and everything. In tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about digital scarcity. It is a thing. And Shockingly. It, and it can be done well and it can be done really poorly. It's most often done really, really poorly. But um, I just wanted to kind of bring up this topic of scarcity because it's it's really interesting. It is huge in driving conversions. I mean, it is like, it's very big. Putting the pressure on people to make a decision. And that's really what it comes down to is you're telling someone, make a decision, right? Because that's one of the hardest things to do in sales, right? It's so easy for someone to walk away from a deal like... Oh, you know, if, if something's available always, then it's so much easier to walk. Like you, you don't have that. Pre- I don't have to do it right now. I'll just think about it and come back later. And right? then forget about it. Let's and, be honest. And yeah. And, and most often forget about it. when you force someone to make a decision right here, right now, then you are much more likely to land that sale because if you do that low pressure and I, I much prefer low pressure, but, um, you know, that's just me. But when you do that low pressure sales, it just makes it so easy for people to walk away. I like low pressure because that's what I prefer being used on me because I can walk away and not buy stuff. So you like it for the exact reason why businesses shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're going to be in business, you really do need to employ scarcity. It will change everything that you're doing online or in, even in the real world. Right. I've, I've tried to suggest this to numerous people um, and it sounds scary to a lot of people, you know, like I, uh, there was one person I was suggesting with their business, like, Hey, um, right now you take everybody, anyone who walks through the door, anyone who call, like you take everyone as a customer. Why don't you instead start limiting yourself to like three slots a day? And when it fills up, it fills up. And then once you've set that expectation and people get used to it, like, they're going to be excited if they're able to call and get a spot. Yes. And then at that point, you can Charge start more. start charging more, raising those prices, filtering people. You'll eventually find the ceiling, right? You, you know, you, the day that you don't fill all three of your slots, like you may have found your price ceiling. Now, if you want, you can bring it down to two slots and see if you can still, <laughs> you know, keep raising those prices. This, this is price theory in action, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you can eventually get to the point where it's like, I only take three clients a week. And if you still have the clients that are willing to pay you that um, the right amount of money that you're like, you could end up in a position where you you are making way more with your three clients a week than you were when you were taking every single person in the door and, and working nonstop and working nonstop. Right. Yeah. So it, it's. It's a balance, trying to find the right balance to your scarcity. Yeah, this has totally been something that you've been, like, throwing at me for years. And it's funny because we don't, I don't always, like, pick up on these things. But you, when when we've, we've talked uh, a bit in the past about my old Etsy store that I had, where I was making handmade greeting cards. Mm-hmm. And I was selling them crazy cheap to try and be like competitive against like Hallmark or you weren't intentionally, you weren't like, I'm going to take down Hallmark, but the price point that you were at, 
you were competing with Hallmark. Yeah, I well, because I'm thinking, who's going to spend much for, you know, a greeting card? And you're like, I think you need to make really, really nice greeting cards and, like, really, really nice ones. Raise the price. You, you know, have a, a more specific audience then that might be interested in it. And then you could even do like a special collector's limited edition series or, or something. Yeah, once you've had the clientele, you can do stuff like that. And it was like, nope, I'm taking every inexpensive sale that came my way. And it just drove the business into the ground because I didn't have time for it. Yeah, my, my original idea was to make like cards for really, really special events. Like, you know, someone graduating from law school, right? Super special card in a wooden box, like really like it might as well be an award <laughs> basically. And then charge hundreds of dollars and, yeah. and see, you know, see if it would work. Right. And, and you're telling this to me being my little, like, you know, novelty card, greeting card maker. I was like, yeah, that's so far from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, oh, right. <laughs> but it's funny because you've always just been talking about scarcity and you've always been, you know, promoting that idea. Like, you know, for marketing stuff. Yeah, I mean, because when you make your time and all you can eat buffet, you've devalued yourself, right? Why should a customer value your time if you're not even willing to value your time? And so when you do things like scarcity, um, you are able to put a premium on what you're doing, right? And that's the power of it. Now, is that why you don't build websites for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just tedious. I, I, I happen to know that. So that's a special kind of scarcity where I know already that um, non-technical people don't appreciate the time and effort that goes into building a website and they drastically like it's it's really not even a time that should be like 20 bucks right Uh, yeah so i i I can quiz people all day long about how much they think a website should cost and they'll be like 300 bucks like yeah not not happening here man (laughs) yeah at least not here yeah so anyways i hope you enjoyed this episode (laughs) we'll catch you in the next one you take care bye I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fearless Together. Make sure you subscribe and learn more at fearless.fm. That's F-E-A-R-L-S-S dot F-M. To your continued success.